Hi everybody and welcome to the Mental Toughness and Body Show. My name is Rob Evans and welcome to another episode. So today I want to talk about psychology. I want to talk about that I'm not a psychologist, so all of this is coming from uh, my observations, my study of highly successful people, speaking to sports psychologists and really understanding what drives people to achieve what it is that they want to achieve in the health and wellness space, but also uh, just in business and in, li- in life in general. And interesting, I want to use a story uh, to start off with, with the sports psychologist I met, oh gosh, I'm going to say about 10 years ago. And uh, by way of some background, my dad used to be a professional cyclist. So he used to do uh, track cycling, like push bike I'm talking about, and he used to do cycling out on the road as well. Uh, now, he stopped when I was born. I don't ever remember him uh, racing. Uh, there's a picture of me when he was doing a training session. I was sitting on his bike seat. He was holding me. <laughs> um, uh, yes, as a baby, but then I think he just he stopped. I don't know why. I never found out why. But we would always uh, be involved with bikes. Like mum and dad ran the, well, they were like secretary treasurer or something of the bike club in Bendigo. And um, a lot of the top cyclists have come out of Bendigo. There's a velodrome there and some good uh, good areas around Bendigo to be doing uh, road uh, racing and stuff. So anyway, uh, I had always been involved with cycling, always liked, I wouldn't say always been involved, that's not the right thing, always had an interest in it. And this opportunity came up to become uh, like a cycling coach. So, like I say, this was like back when I first started in my business. And so I went along to this particular uh, training session at uh, uh, the Valdrome here over in Darabin in Melbourne. And uh, but we had the opportunity to meet some top cyclists and we did some training and everything. And then there was an opportunity to uh, watch the uh, Malaysian track cycling team uh, do uh, some training and meet them and then also have a bit of a, uh, a presentation from the sports psychologist and uh, the top Australian cycling coach. And uh, I asked him a question about... Um, the, the psychology of... Uh, winning versus losing and when you've been uh, losing all the time or you come out to... We were talking in the context of um, a, a one-on-one cycling race. So, uh, you know, you've, you may have seen it at the Olympics where you've got uh, two cyclists, they come out and it's like a sprint race, but they, they do three laps where they're kind of, somebody is designated to start, it's the best of three, someone's designated to start in front, someone starts behind, and then it's kind of, you've got to use your tactics to work out, okay, who's going to go first because they're sprinters, so they can't sprint flat out for three laps, so they've got to find out, okay, what's the best way to do it, when do they, when do they use the height of the track, etc., etc. Um, so tactically, the person from behind always has the edge, but they don't always win because they mess up in their tactics and stuff. So we're talking in the context of, of that and say they come out for the Olympics and the per- they're in the final, so it's the gold and silver match because then there's another race, which is the third and fourth place, so bronze and fourth place. And 
you come out for that gold-silver match and the per- say it's you and the person that you're coming out to race against, you've raced 19 times before and they've won 19 times. How does that person not already feel defeated? And he said that's a, a, real, a real problem. He said all the work that he does uh, with these athletes is around their confidence and around their mindset and that self-belief in what it is that they're actually capable of. doesn't necessarily mean that the other person is, is better on the day or is a better cyclist in this context, but the person that has never won before is already psychologically they've lost. And it's that messaging that they give themselves before they go out there, well, this person has won 19 times before, what chance have I got? You think about the Australian Open tennis is on at the moment. Uh, Djokovic is, is through to the, I think, the final eight. Uh, Alcarez ranked number two, so he, uh, he went through yesterday as well. And so he's in the final eight. And so Djokovic, he's won, I think, 10 Australian titles. He's won more Grand Slams than any other player on the planet. Alcaraz, he beat Djokovic at Wimbledon on grass. Who's got the edge? Well, I guess that comes down to, to Djokovic. I think the last time, oh, actually, I don't know the last time I've the last Grand Slam, I think it was the US Open, so I don't know who won that. Uh, but the, uh, if, let's say Wimbledon was the last one and Djokovic lost against this player and they meet in the final, does Djokovic have a, a psychological backstep from Alcaraz? Because Alcaraz is like, well, last time we played, we won. I won. So I've got the edge. He's getting older, I'm young, I've got better strokes, I'm faster, etc., etc. What Djokovic has to do is say, hang on a second, I've won 23 of these things, or 24, whatever his number is. Um, this is a different surface, grass versus hard court. I've got the experience, I can perform under pressure, I have the track record, I'm in good shape, I feel good, I've got this kid. <laughs> so it all comes down to the messaging that you give yourself around what it is that is possible for you and what is not possible for you. Now, I'm talking there about the big sporting stage. But this is true for for you and me. Uh, Like, I'm an athlete, but I'm not a competitive athlete. And I I train like an athlete. I probably have a better mindset than a lot of athletes. My life practices are probably better than a lot of athletes as well. uh, Because I eat, sleep, breathe, high performance, obsession with success, et cetera, et cetera. Now, a lot of the athletes that you see around the world, once they finish their sport, I mean, just have a look at uh, many of them physically, they go backwards. You see it a lot in the AFL football here in Australia, where you see uh, people that were, were once great players, they then just completely blow out. They're like, there's a lot of alcohol, poor food choices, they're very overweight, they're no longer doing anything that they did before because they're either burnt out from the training, etc., etc. Or as me, I've made it a part of me. And I know if I want to continue to do all the things that I want to do in this high-performance space and be a, a leader of a, as an example for others, then I need to I keep on doing these things. And a big part of it comes down to what it is that you're telling yourself. 
if you believe that you are too old, that you cannot achieve, uh, say, a physical goal anymore, uh, or that uh, you are, are too old to start a business or to do better in what it is that you're doing, then that's just you being in a position of self-defeat. We're all capable of so much and you're probably capable of so much more than you're doing right now. It's just that you don't have that, that person that's pushing you or you don't have that aspiration that you're, is pulling you towards a greater version of you and you're just, maybe you're not surrounding yourself with the right people either, that uh, there's too much toxic energy around you. Uh, perhaps uh, you don't have coaching. Most people don't have a coach or most people don't have the right coach with the right expertise that you need to help push you and understand you and uh, connect with you in a way that just drives you to a completely different level. There's so many different aspects to it. So if you believe that you can't do it, you won't, you'll never do it. You won't just say, oh, wow, I never thought I'd be able to do that. And accidentally, now I've just been able to do it. That is never going to happen, right? If you want to achieve something, you've got to want to achieve, and it's hard, you've got to want to achieve it badly because it's going to require probably every little bit of you in order to be able to achieve it. Uh, my interview with Duncan Armstrong, Olympic gold medalist back in Seoul, 1988, <clears throat> He went into the so freestyle and he was uh, 200 metres, was it? 100 metres, 200 metres, I can't remember. Let's go with 200 metres. I think it was 200. And uh, he went into the Olympics ranked 43rd in the world. 43rd going into the Olympics. And when, if you watch the video on you, just go to, the, go to YouTube and uh, just search 1988 uh, Olympic final, Duncan Armstrong, something like that. And it, you'll come up. And you hear them talking through each of the, the people. And there was, uh, a, I think, two, two uh, other uh, athletes that they were really talking up. And then when they got to, you know how they run down the pool, down, down the line, they, they put the camera on each, each swimmer. And they got to Duncan Armstrong and they, they just said, and this is Duncan Armstrong from Australia. And kind of that was it. And all the conversation was about these other, other swimmers. Now, he was in lane six, uh, which is a really good lane. That's a, f a faster lane. So he, he didn't qualify fastest, but he qualified to be up there. But they weren't talking about him. Uh, now, he, uh, Duncan Armstrong, went on to win gold from being ranked 43rd. And I said, how did that, because I had him on the, on the podcast a few weeks ago, or a few months ago, and I, I said, so how did all that happen? Why were you ranked 43rd? Why, why did all this happen? He said, him and Laurie Lawrence uh, sat down and worked out what was the workload that he needed to put in place in order to be able to achieve what he wanted to achieve, which was gold at the, the Seoul Olympics. And he said, because of that massive workload and consuming 10,000 calories a day just to fuel his body, he said the, the workload didn't allow him to compete in as many swim meets, like global swim meets. So that's why he was ranked so low, 
but he said that wasn't important to him. Obviously, they had to do certain amount of swimming to qualify for the Olympics and everything, but his focus was on doing the work, getting that massive workload done. So he knew coming into the Olympics that he was going to be able to be swimming way above where he was ranked. That wasn't important for him because they had a plan, he implemented the plan, it was damn hard, but he had this belief, and his coach had this belief as well, that that plan was going to get them Olympic gold. And then it just came down to the implementation and that self-belief. And so can you imagine going into that final race where uh, everybody kept talking about Rankford at 43rd, ranked 43rd. And here he was performing exceptionally well and went on to win, win the gold by a sort of a hand touch kind of thing on the wall. And... If he had gone into that race believing that he couldn't do it, he wouldn't have just, oh, geez. I, imagine the interview afterwards. Yeah, it was a really great race. I came into this meet, ranked 43rd. I had no idea that I had any chance of winning a medal here. I was just happy to really be here at the Olympics. But wow, look at that. Somehow I managed to pull off gold. And that, that's, that's never going to happen because it's so so hard and you need to have that psychological edge. So I think there's a lot we can learn from what our, our athletes, how they practice their mindset in their high performance and what we can bring into our own lives, in our day-to-day -day lives. And it's about pushing yourself every day. It's about, let's start with where I'm, I always like to focus my attention and that is around the the health and wellness of you, the physical health of you, eating the right foods, make sure you're doing, it doesn't have to be excessive amount of training. I don't do an excessive amount of training. People might look at me and say, oh, and because of what I do, I must do hours and hours of training a day. I don't do that. I go for a, for a walk uh, once a day, anywhere between 15 minutes. Uh, some days it might be uh, closer to 55 minutes, maybe an hour, but most of the time it's around the half hour. Um, I make sure that because of uh, the nature of my jobs, I'm walking around my studio a lot. So generally speaking, I'm going to get between eight to 10,000 plus steps in a day with incidental movement as well as getting outside and going for that 15, 20 minute, 30 minute walk, uh, which is what I do most commonly. I do around a 45 minute workout on strength training. I do that three times a week. And then the rest of the time, I'm focusing on my food, making sure that I'm getting my six meals in, making sure I'm getting my water, the amount of water in, making sure I get my supplements in, making sure that I'm trying to optimise my sleep and go to bed at the same time each night. And um, I have very long days, so I need to make sure that I'm getting quality sleep. I had a good one last night. And doing those simple things, but doing them very consistently so that I can then I perform very well in business and be focused for uh, coaching my clients and being uh, present for my daughter and being a good example for her and doing those types of things. And then when it comes down to the specific nature of things in my business, like I've set some big goals for myself this year in terms of uh, what I want to see from a, uh, achieve from a sales perspective, how I've then reverse engineered that to say, well, okay, if I believe that marketing is a bit of a weakness of mine, then I need to make that a strength this year. And that means, all right, what am I gonna do? Well, it means I need to do all of these programs that my coach has done. It means I need to be 
asking more questions of my coach. It means I need to be implementing more. I need to be stepping out of my comfort zone more. I need to be trying uh, more things that I haven't tried before and also uh, trying more of the things that work in what I have done before. And it doesn't matter how tired I get, I've got to keep pushing because I'm going to make this year my year because last year was not an awesome year with everything that uh, went on uh, from the family perspective. Uh, so that requires a lot of effort, a lot of focus, and that belief in yourself that you can achieve it. Like what I want to achieve this year, I've never achieved before. And you could say, well, like I turned 56 this year, and say, well, why would you bother? You know, you're 56, uh, you know, you work so hard. Why would you want to do that? Why does it matter? Why don't you just, you know, kick back a little bit? I'll tell you why, because it's not me. That's not what I want to do. And I don't believe the best of me has come out yet. Why? Because I haven't pushed hard enough to get the best of me out yet. And that's going to be this year. And then when it gets to next year, I'll look to see how can I push a little bit further every day. It's this continuous improvement mindset. How do I get more out of myself? How do I get better results? How can I be more focused? How can I add greater value to people around me? How can I build better relationships around me as well? How can I add lots of value to everybody in my life? And with that focus and that belief that I can do it, just means that you get better results all round. So let's, uh, Whiskers there agrees with me. Uh, so let's approach things with a different mindset. Let's focus on that deep belief in it doesn't matter how hard something is, that you can do it and that you will be resourceful enough to, if you, if you don't know exactly how to do it right now, and you're using AI tools to help you and fantastic, but it's really important to run certain things by your coach. And so any big idea that I have, or big decision that I have to make in my life, I run it by my coach. Why? It's for that second opinion. And there have been, Golly, with the big decisions that I've had in my life when I've run them past my coach, probably eight times out of 10, he said, don't do that. And then told me why. I was like, oh, wow, okay. Well, that's just saved me a pain of effort. Let's just redirect it this way. Because he always says, don't do that, do this instead. I was like, all right, okay, that's cool. Let me do that. Because you don't know what you don't know. And if you have somebody around you that has so much more success than you, that's coaching you, then you're going to get way better outcomes. So it's going to be a great year for all of us. We are uh, nearing the end of January. And it was interesting yesterday, somebody was saying to me, oh, people, uh, most people should be back, uh, back at work now. And I speak to some people and they're saying, yeah, I'm you know, getting back into to work this week. And it's like, man... I, and people say, oh, how was your break? And did you have a nice break and whatever? I said, I didn't have a break, right? I've been working all the way through from, well, all the way through October, November, December, all the way through. I worked Christmas day, I worked Boxing Day. I did some work. I took a, a little bit of time out because I was pretty much by myself. But um, I've been working all the way through. So you think about it. Today is the, uh, what, the, the 23rd of January. If you're at the 23rd of January and you haven't already done a power of work to progress you this year, 
then, wow, I say you've got to double down because you're running behind. You're certainly running behind me. And so we've got to, we've got to keep pushing. Um, and with your health and wellness, right? I, I don't know whether this is a global thing or it's just an Aussie thing here. But January is the quietest time in the fitness industry. Yeah, you might have people that go out and join a gym or buy people gym memberships uh, for Christmas and stuff. Uh, but I can tell you the commercial gym that I go to in January is pretty much dead. Uh, from a business perspective, so this is my 15th year running business uh, in September this year, 15 years. And every single year, January is dead. No new leads. Nobody's thinking about it here. Why was it summer holidays, it's school holidays. So the kids go back to school Monday next week for most private schools. It might be a little bit later. University, it's probably the first week in February, that kind of thing. And so many people don't think about making a change to their health and wellness in January. In fact, it starts, I find, from the 2nd to the anything from 15 November onwards, People are out. It's like, oh, I'm just so busy. I've got all these Christmas functions to go to, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, yeah, so you should be doubling down on your health and wellness and you should be doing all these things that support you. But that's what happens in Australia. And so things uh, will kick off again uh, for a lot of people in probably February because first week back at school, oh, the kids are getting back to school. I'm just really busy this week. Maybe we'll do it next week. I was like, it's amazing. It astounds me every year. I was like, man, you need to make this part of your lifestyle. You never, ever stop. That your mindset controls everything. Believe. Believe in what it is that you can do. And follow that through with some incredibly massive action so that you can achieve everything that you want to achieve this year. There's no excuses. There's just no excuses. You just got to work harder. You got to focus on the right things. And if you want to connect with me, go to mentaltoughnessandbodyshow.com. I will set you up with a lifestyle plan that will give you the health and fitness results that last. And that's what's really important because you can go out and get some results with somebody, but they don't last. We want them to last. We need them to last. And that needs to become part of your lifestyle and you'll get better results across every single area of your life, I guarantee it. Everything just improves. All right, that's me out for today. Stay safe, everybody. Stay healthy. Stay focused. Let's go. See you tomorrow.